To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers welcome to the opinionated bench warmers podcast episode 66 we're back for another edition of the Opinionated Benchwoman's Podcast. I got my best pals with me, Carlos and Ramon. The voice you're hearing is Rob. And we want to say thank you to everyone that has subscribed to us on Opinionated Benchwoman's on Apple Podcasts. We've been receiving a lot of love on there. So we appreciate everybody with their iPhones. Google Play, you got to catch up. And y'all need to start listening to us on Stitcher because we on there too. Um, y'all slacked off on the reviews, so uh, show us some love. Uh, when you DM us and saying that you enjoyed that episode, it'll mean so much more if you put it on a review uh, just for a numbers thing. So please help us out to get to the top. Um, please follow us on R underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. That's where you can find future giveaways that we plan on giving away. We already awarded a Madden 21 game to someone. Uh, we plan on doing a lot more giveaways in the future. OB merchandise coming soon. Log in and follow, you know, follow our Instagram and Twitter to get an update on that when that's gonna happen. But that's releasing real soon. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Doing good, man. Hell of an intro right there, brother. Uh, you call me your your best pal, I believe. Uh, that's the first time that you've uh, ran that one. It took sixty six episodes to get there, but uh, doing good, <laughs> man. Ready to rock it, bro. We got football back this weekend. Uh, we recording on Monday night. We got two games tonight, so let's do it, man. Yeah, bro, we're making progress, Lois, man. You got to take it step at a time. But like he said, man, I'm ready to get into it. But also, man, don't hog this to yourself, man. Just like Rob was letting you know, if you like what you hear and you're really rocking with us, man, let somebody else know about this, bro. Put it in your story on Instagram. Send somebody else the link to the podcast, man. Don't hog all this good stuff to yourself, man. Don't hog this content to yourself. Spread it. Share it with somebody else, man. And we just going to keep this rolling, man. So I'm ready to get rolling, just like my brothers just said. Well, guys. Opinionated Bench Warmers Podcast. If it's your first time listening, this is how we do things around here. Let's get it cracking. We're not about to waste any one time here. We got some football, guys, some real-life football. I don't even want to get into the matchups. I don't want to get into the players. I don't want to get into any of that. I want to get into what was your first impression of the ambiance. No crowd. We had some fake boos, some fake crowds, but it was kind of hard to really – block that out because you look in the stands and there's completely no one. It's easy to hide it on that NBA platform. I credit my girl Nate for bringing that point up. You know, it's hard. It's easy with the basketball setup to have, you know, 
no one in the crowd because you know you could make the camera to where it's like that and, and I think the NBA has done a good job of just not giving you giving you a great experience but the NFL man you look at this 70,000 seat stadium and there's no no one there you're hearing every hit you're hearing every crack and I'll go first my first impression is I'm not letting my son play football uh secondly <laughs> did you hear the sounds of those hits Secondly, yeah. why the, why are there so many offsides and false start penalties when there is no crowd in the stands? And I mean, thirdly, I'm just happy football back, so I'll take it how I want it. I do miss the crowd experience, but I'll take it. It's football. Yeah, I think those are good points. I'll start with your first one. You absolutely can tell how hard these players are hitting without the crowd. For whatever reason, when I was watching the games this weekend on the red zone channel um it the hits just seem harder this week i don't know if they they just miss hitting somebody didn't have a preseason i don't know if it's always like that but it got to a point where i was like man why are they hitting each other so <laughs> like i forgot how yeah. violent this game was you know without the crowd being in there and without the crowd really hearing you know being able to hear how hard they're hitting each other but it was fun experience other than that you know the crowd you know, we talked about this a little bit offline. It was a little weird, you know, um, with somebody controlling the crowd noises and things like that. I'll be I'll be interested to see if something changed um, in the future as far as the crowd noise and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it's a different dynamic. Like you said, it's easier to make things work NFL-wise, basketball-wise than it is really. Uh, I mean, NBA-wise, basketball-wise than it is with the NFL. But – I mean, granted, I'm still glad that, you know, we having football. I'm glad to see, you know, it going on. One thing that I really probably expected and honestly anticipated a little bit more is for uh, kind of road offenses to, to thrive a little more. You know, typically on the road, when you kind of have that crowd noise, it's a little bit more difficult to communicate. You know, you're trying to give your signs and your signals. But now, with you not having really that crowd noise anymore, it's a little bit easier uh, for those offenses to communicate. Uh, so I thought that that would be a little bit more of a factor. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how that, you know, happens and progresses as the weeks go on to see if that'll kind of be a trend. But at the end of the day, ultimately, you know, watching the product, although it's not quite the same to me without the crowd noise, man, I'm still happy to have football back, man. I'm still happy to be able to watch the NFL, be able to see these games go forward. So, it's an interesting dynamic, but at the end of the day, man, ultimately I'm with it, man. I'm glad to see football. Hey, man, I think that that's the consensus that we all come to as a sports fan and as sports junkies, man. We, we was, 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 I'm going to say this, man. The fact that today we got Monday Night Football, tomorrow I'm going to be watching Game 7 and the first game of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Bucks and Miami, then Wednesday – we got uh, – well, it's a break. It's a break. But Thursday, we got Thursday night football. And Friday, we got our Lakers starting their first game of the Western Conference Finals. For a sports fan, this is a treat. You know, and then you get – Saturday, you got college football. Then NFL, we right back. I think that – I mean, for our, for, our, for our lady friends at home, for our listeners at home, yeah, I know that your lady friends are a little upset right now. But, hey, look, hey, look, from March to up until this point, we was watching UFC and boxing. Come on now. You know, like boxing is great. UFC is great. But 
Come, it's not it's not basketball. It's not NFL. Like, come on, we can have our time. You know, we we at home watching the game. We you know where we at. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like we can go to a bar and watch the game or to a restaurant and watch the game. We sitting at home. We at home. We watching it. You know, it may be sports. Take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. I mean, good thing, good thing we don't have many lady listeners, huh? <laughs> I mean, we did. We just lost them all. <laughs> right. <laughs> we just talking about, man, kidding, share this but... with people, you know, grow our audience. And he's taking it away from us. I'm just playing, bro. They're right, listening like anyway. <laughs> no, so, yeah, but no, ahead, no, no, no. Yeah, I say that's a good point. And, you know, and it, I just say, you know, with the whole hiatus and things stopping, it gives me a new appreciation for sports and not taking it for granted because we don't know at any point that all this can shut down. We saw that with the NBA. They were threatening to shut it down and just stop right then. And then with the NFL, we'll see after this first week, you know, which brings me to a good point of, hey, we'll see how these testing things go after this first week. See if they, you know, start the week, they didn't have any, you know, positive tests. Let's see after this first week of everyone kind of playing and meshing and playing, being around each other, if that remains the same. Um, I hope it does. And then if that gives a positive review this first week, we might get a full season. Yeah, no, I agree with you as well, man. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out, to see if they can keep it under wraps. You know, I know it's a different situation and set up from the NBA, um, but see if they can keep it under wraps like the NBA kept it under wraps um, and, and hopefully see, you know, a full football season. So we'll see how things progress. Yeah, man, we'll see how things progress. Uh, like, Lowe's, I, I never had any doubt that we wouldn't have a complete season um, just how adamant the NFL has been, uh, just just making sure that this is going to happen. Like I said last episode, they were, we're going to have a season. I don't think it's too much money on the line. I know that that's, that, that term has kind of been thrown around, but it's definitive of how much money the NFL is bringing in. And I, I just think too many, too many, too many billionaires, you know, too many powerful people uh, are – are at the helm of this. So I, I, I doubt they're going to let this season slip. They're going to make sure it happened. But like you say, Lowe's, uh, you got 50 – what is a roster of 53 players? 55 uh, now. 55 players, and no one tested positive. That's remarkable. So it, it's a test of maturity from the players, the sacrifice that they're making, they're choosing to be safe, and the protocols that the NFL has set in place so far is working. And – like you said, Ramon, plenty of episodes, and I've said it, and Los have said it. NBA is the best league in the world, and I feel like they followed the they followed in line with the NBA. And I mean, it's it's easier to do it with twelve men rosters. I think they spent fifteen men for the bo- for the bubble uh, to have fifteen men uh, per team or twenty two teams and coaching and staff to test ne- negative. They let us know that hey, look, th- we can do this, you know. But for them to do fifty three. Uh, 53, 55-man roster times 32, you know, that's that's remarkable. And shout-out to the league for enduring that happening. Uh, so, you notice in the end zone, it says that uh, – what it said in the end zone? That token message by the NFL, um, it takes all of us. Look, man, if they don't – the only – I feel like the NFL should not attempt. I I feel like they, I really feel like they should not attempt to do anything social justice wise until they get cap back in the league. 
I feel like anything besides getting Cap back in the league is is just counterproductive and it's hypocritical. You know, I don't need to. I don't need you to say lift every voice and sing. I don't need you to have decals on your helmet. You know, I think that the NBA has they have earned the right to have the implications on the jersey and on the court because they've really put in work. And I think to the NBA, I don't think Adam Silver would allow something like what has happened to Cap to happen in his league. Um, but Roger Cadell has, and he came out and said how he apologized that they haven't done everything right. They haven't acknowledged this, that, and the other. But here you got a man that's capable of, of I would even say, in some cases, after I saw Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick play, could start for a team. And we're going to get to that. But – he's still out of the league and I can't take anything serious that the NFL chooses to do as far as social justice. If they are not going to let cap back in the league, I feel like they, that's the, that's the only wrong that they could write that could maybe be like, okay, maybe they have changed. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little different on that, on that, that thought of it. Um, at this point, I don't know if cap wants to play, you know, I'm not saying he can't, you know, um, but I think his he has become his platform and things that he's done outside has became bigger than football. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't know if he wants to play. You know, I know he's kind of pushing that envelope. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't know. I, I just don't feel like he wants to play. You know what I'm saying? I, and why you say that? Let's just you know give it. I I don't know. I think right it, now he's to a point where he is just pushing the social issues you know what i'm saying i don't know if he's just been out of the game so long now and that you know him coming back and possibly flopping that pressure that type of thing this is just a personal feeling you know i have i don't really have any concrete reason but i just feel like you know just his time being away from it his, you know his name becoming bigger than almost what it was when he played in the nfl now because of what he did um the sacrifices he made I think at this point, you know, I think it's below him to play, you know what I'm saying, after what they did to him. But, again, that's just a personal feeling, you know. Um, I don't fault you for that, Los, uh, at all. I mean, do you want to go into kind of detail about what he's done that makes you feel as though – because I, I feel you. Like, I, I had that sentiment myself uh, when they – for me, I don't know about you, but when they set up the workout for him and, right. you know, teams were coming to watch him – it was a legit thing. And then, you know, the day of, he just chooses to work out at a high school. I don't know if we discussed this on the podcast. We did. I, I think believe it was on a hiatus. Did. When, when we, we, did. we did? I thought, yeah, I thought we discussed yeah. that. Okay. I thought we did. Well, yeah. I mean, that action did make me think that he did not want to be in the league, that he didn't want to play, that it was kind of like a ploy. It was disappointing. Uh, just thinking of, you know, evidence that it was a ploy to me for the listeners. Uh, I don't know if we filled them in because sometimes we get in the conversation, but I get a background. Uh, when a couple of months ago, I, before COVID, I think it was a, toward the end. Of, was it November or December? It was somewhere around there. Um, right. a, a workout was set up, and for Cap, where teams, it was like I think it was reported like twenty teams were coming to see him work out. It was set up in Atlanta. Uh, the day of, Kaepernick chose to work out at a high school. Um, now, keep in mind, you're not just going to walk up to a high school the day before and make a call and say, hey, look, can I use your facility to work out? You have to, you know, get approval for this. 
and which it was apparent he had to get approval to do it. And he chose to do his workout at the high school. Now, mind you, the high school was like, I think it was maybe close to an hour away from where he originally was to work out. So what ended up happening is that these NFL scouts, they chose not to, of course, make that trip because they were thrown off guard. Um, so at the end, you know, he said, hey, what are y'all scared of? Tell them that I'm, tell them that I'm here. Da, 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 da. Tell them that I, I, I can still do it. But the thing is, is that, you know, professional-wise in, in our field, we, we're in corporate America as, as some sort of all of us. So I have a little touch of corporate America. When they set up an appointment for you, it's only equivalent to if you work a nine-to-five, this is a job interview. When they set that job interview up for you, you know, it's professional if you're not going to show up or if you're late to give, you know, to say, hey, look, I'm not going to make it ahead of time, right? And if there's an emergency, you know, you divulge that. But he chose not to show up, which was unprofessional to me. He was in a Kunta Kinte shirt, whatever, working out at a high school, and he was supposed to have a workout in Atlanta at the, you know, at the football arena. So I, I do feel what you where you're coming from, Los, with that about him not. That would point to the fact that he – I don't know if he really wants to play for real, but yeah. I think that his message is powerful. Right. I'll say this and I'll let you go, Ramon. I don't know if you have thoughts on this, but um, yeah, he did that. And like you said, at the end of it, just his statement, you know, anybody, you just kind of saying those things will be turned off from that, you know, and I'm looking at that as a black man in America, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just being honest and being real. Again, I appreciate everything Cap did and I know why he did it. Of course. I just don't want him to, get lost into and realize that this is a job. You know, it is a privilege to get paid to play a sport. You know what I'm saying? And realize that, hey, you still got to be – you still have a boss at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? That you still have to be respectful towards. And I just think in that scenario, when he did do that, um, I don't know if his intentions was really planned. And then he ended up dropping some type of shoe, you know, that a week or two later. I don't know at the exact timeline. I believe a week or two later he ended up dropping some type of shoe with Nike after that. It just seemed like more of a ploy to get his name out there. But, again, that's my personal feeling about it. Yeah, I, 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 feel, uh, I feel a little slightly different. Like, I feel at this point I do agree. I don't think that at this point he's pushing to be back into the league. And I can't 100% remember every single detail, you know, from that November time frame. But I think one big point of it is that from Cap and his camp and people around him, whether it's your Eric Reed to the world and all that, they felt that that was really kind of a ploy for the NFL, really back in that November, December timeframe. There were some things that I think, just remembering off the top of my head, some parameters that Cap wanted within the workout process. And he felt like they weren't kind of skewing it based upon the way that he really wanted to see things done. And I mean, at the end of the day, the league had blackballed him. So he felt like, okay, if as the league, you're trying to make things right, you know, maybe you can be a little bit more subject to kind of how I want things to be positioned for this workout. And so when they couldn't find that total middle ground of, of doing everything that aligned for both sides is when both sides kind of went their own way. And the NFL said, hey, if you aren't going to come and work out and do it under our conditions, then forget it. And Cap said, basically, if y'all aren't going to do things in the way that I see fit for them to be done when y'all were the ones who wronged me in the first place, then I'm kind of above it. So I believe kind of more so in that November, December timeframe that there still may have been a possibility that he still had somewhat of a desire. But I think honestly, at this point, I do think it's kind of past all that. Um, and I just think at the end of the day too, me just personally for the NFL, I feel that most of what they're doing is performative. 
I feel most of it is performative. They're doing what kind of fits the narrative right now, what's a little bit more acceptable right now based upon the heat that they've received. And honestly, I don't feel that, that at this point that to me, I don't think that Roger Goodell is genuine. I'm going to just call it for what it is, how I feel. I feel that this is right now something that's comfortable and convenient to do. We've seen the NBA, just as you alluded to it, Rob, in the past, they've stepped up and done things. Adam Silver has stepped forward and showed this type of leadership on these kind of issues. Now, all of a sudden, four years later, Roger Goodell's eyes are finally open to say, we should have listened. Nah, I don't buy it for a second. Right now, it's comfortable. It's convenient. That's why they're doing it. It's very performative to me. And you bring up great points, Ramon. I, I 100% agree. I said this uh I said this probably like a few days ago. I feel like even with the kneeling, I feel like Cap lost his job because he chose to kneel for the anthem. But now that it's we're in a climate now where it's more accepted, everybody's doing it. I think the impact of a protest is that you're doing something against the grain. You know, and I think yeah. Jay-Z was, he was, he was, you know, he made a questionable move by, you know, gaining the alliance with the NFL. He faced a lot of scrutiny, but it was something that he said at that time. And, you know, Jay-Z is a, is prophetic and he's a, he's the greatest rapper of all time. Um, but when he said that, okay, now you've kneeled, now what? People took that as an offense. And I think that I felt this way for maybe a year, like, Kneeling is fine, but like, what are you doing in the community? Like, what are you doing to really impact and start change? Cap did that. And now, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like kneeling is as powerful today as it was when Cap did it. And, you know, it proved it. He sparked change. So I, I feel like with the anthem and everything, you know, like Baker Mayfield came out uh, and said, you know, oh, I'm choosing not to kneel. Like, we don't care. Like, who cares? We don't care about you kneeling. Like, what are you doing in the black community? You know, how much money have you put into these social injustices? If you know of, of what Baker Mayfield has done for social justice in this country, please add O, o underscore benchwarmers and let me know. Because as far as I know as evidence, Baker has done nothing in the black community. But again, it's like you said, Ramon, it's convenient to say that at the time. And now, you know, his community has got in his ear and and he's changed his his mind. Like, I don't need a statement for you. At this point, if you're not voicing your opinion, if you're not like Stan Van Gundy, I saw a tweet, a couple, I know I'm all over the place, but it's all congruent in the point I'm making. You know, you saw Stan Van Gundy saying, you know, I can't stand somebody that says all lives matter. It's time out for that. If you don't understand that Black Lives Matter is not a movement, it's not a movement. It's it's we're we're really crying out and saying that our lives matter. That's what this is about. It's about police brutality. It's about making change. So, and like what you're saying, Ramon, I do feel like the the NFL is just you know doing what's trendy right now. You know, and I, I think the NBA. You know, if you need another example, I think the most uh, relevant example of this subject is Donald Sterling. I recall and come out of Donald Sterling, if you recall, uh, I don't know how long ago that was. It was probably like five, five plus yeah, years ago. It, it was probably it was probably 2016, 2015, Ooh, 16 time frame. I'm getting 2015, old. 2016. Yeah, 2016, where he's he's uh criticizing Magic Johnson in an inappropriate way. Just just Google it. It's not even appropriate for our platform to even 
even try to say what he said, but just Google Donald Sterling, and I'm sure everything will come up about what he voiced. The league and the owners voted him out and made him sell his team because of the things that he was saying. So if you're saying the NBA is acting, the NBA has been way ahead of these leagues as far as standing up for racial justice. They may not always get it right. But, you know, I I take it as when I see Black Lives Matter on the court, I take it that the NBA really means it because they've been on top of black issues. They've been on top of injustices. They tried to change, spark change. But like you say, Ramon, if, you know, and, you know, like with Lowe's, I feel the same way with, 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 I'm on on both sides. I feel like, I don't feel like Cap wants to really be in the league at this point because I feel like he's making more money off the field than he ever would on the field. You know, let's just keep it a book right now. But as you say as well, I, I feel like it, it's just hypocritical that you got 32 teams and you got 16 of these teams that need a quarterback, including the Saints. Uh, We're going to get to that a little later as well. And, you know, Cap still doesn't have a job. You know, it, it's, it's, you know it, it's beyond me, man. I, I didn't mean to spend this much time on it, but I thought it was important because of what we stand for here at the opinionated bench warmers that it has to be set. So take it as you will. I'm with it. I'm, I'm with, with it too. All right. I, I feel like I was just ranting just now. <laughs> oh, my Sometimes students. you got to get it off your chest, bro. Sometimes <laughs> you got to get it off your chest. Yeah. So let's get to it, man. Let's get to let's get to these, this, this, this garbage that I seen in week one. I'm not sparing nobody. And the reason why I'm starting this off because – I'm going to be a completely 100% honest on my platform like I do. I I tell you I tell you like it is. I have no biases. And I'm going to say it here on this platform. Drew Brees needs to retire. Drew Brees needs to hang up his cleats. Okay? If you didn't watch the Saints versus the Bucks yesterday evening, I don't even want you to have a comment on what I said because if you go into ESPN app and look at the box score, it looks like typical Drew Brees. But if you watched that game, it was nothing but a dink and dunk Drew Brees. I'm looking at a team that had to put in their backup quarterback and use a gadget play to throw the, to throw the ball 30-plus yards down the field. Did you hear what I just said? You have yeah. to put in your backup quarterback, send him in motion, and do a gadget flea flicker play to get the ball downfield. I think that Drew Brees, you know, not only with the Black Lives Matter and the and the anthem has disappointed me, but his selfishness, man. Like, and you know, I have people that's gonna probably be like, hey Rob, Kobe, Kobe, you know, he played past 30, and you know, he was past Kobe still was putting up numbers when he signed his two-year $25 million contract. He still was putting up numbers before he tore his Achilles. Drew Brees has been unproductive, and I said it to you guys for the for the past like couple years. I said Drew Brees is good week one through 13. But 13 into the playoffs, you can clearly see a decline because his arm is, is fatigued. And now I'm seeing in week one, and then you got others that's going to say, oh, well, he, they didn't have a preseason. Drew Brees wouldn't have played no more than one series in the preseason. Yeah. This nah. is the product that we have. It's, it's, it, you know, Drew, 
you know, the fact that a report it irritated me that a report came out and said that he retired at the Pro Bowl last year and then changed his mind. We had a, a Teddy Bridgewater. We had a Teddy Bridgewater on our roster that could have took over the realm. He's been sitting behind you for two years learning. Like, let it go. Like, you don't have it no more, bro. Like, is, what is this, the rant episode? Yeah, bro, you upset right now. Like, <laughs> like, mind, bro. In a win. In a win. You, a you win. threw it to Camaro, and he ran for 20 yards. You threw it one yard, and he ran. And that's all our office. We're not going to win the Super Bowl not being able to throw it down the field. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate the honesty because, again, I think what you're seeing and what you're saying, Rob, is you realize – the stage you face a, a a Bucks team that had a bunch of moving pieces, new pieces that's coming together, and you really didn't get exposed. But good or better teams that have more or been together longer may come along and expose the Saints. I think that's what the fear is. But on, I kind of look at it this way. You know, you mentioned that you know his arm looks done later on in the year. Maybe they've taken a different approach this year and saving his arm. For so he can make that longer run. Way to look at the glass full, huh? I'm just saying. Maybe <laughs> the glass maybe is half case, full. Maybe that's the case with it, and maybe that's what Saints fans need to hear and hope that's the case, and that his arm is not done already week one. You know what I'm saying? I, which I don't think it is. I just think, again, his arm tires out, and I think they may be saving his arm. And, you know, you just paid, you just paid Kamara, too. Let that boy run loose now. You just paid him. Give yeah. him those catches. And now – I would say that, Carlos, but this is my opinion about this opinionated bench one. But my opinion about this is not sparked from this week one performance. I've yeah. been feeling like this for a long time. Yeah. You know that. I've been feeling like this a long time. And let's be real. Let's keep it a buck. Drew Brees, Drew Brees has played terrible in the playoffs as well. So it in the past two years. And – I feel like that's – I think we've been a quarterback away, besides besides the bogus call against your Rams, Carlos, besides um, uh, the bogus call of the offensive parents interference. But if you look back at, at when we played the Vikings, the only time that the ball went past 30 yards was when uh, Tyson Hill was in and he was in a wildcat formation. And he threw that long ball to, was it Ted Ginn, I think? Or was it Saquon? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, not Saquon. Uh, Smith. <laughs> Smith, my bad. It's Traquan. Yeah, they, they got Saquon. the same. It's Traquan, Saquon. It's the same. <laughs> but Yeah, in a, very interchangeable right there. <laughs> right. But I was like, bro, we don't got it. Other than that, everything's been underneath, intermediate, short. I didn't mean – this is not a Saints podcast. This is not a, a Saints segment. But – uh, I mean, we were talking about underperformers in week one, and Drew Brees was my underperformer of week one. So, I mean, what, what were some of what were some other guys that you think? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Lions in their backfield. Everybody, you know, we didn't get a preseason, right? We didn't get a preseason, so we didn't get to see how these backfields shake out. So. What I was watching closely was a bunch of these backfields and see who getting the carries, who's, who's sharing the load. The Lions, the Lions spent two, not one, but two second-round draft picks on running backs and Carryon Johnson and DeAndre Swift, right? Mm-hmm. Those, those two nice running backs, mm-hmm. they went and signed washed-up 
Peterson. Peterson been watching. Watched up, bro. He put up numbers Sunday, AP, dog. He came and put hey, up numbers. Dog. He was balling, dog. He Listen was balling. AP is AP. AP is AP put up numbers, but AP ain't gonna be the guy that's going to rip off those runs that a, that we know of. He's gonna be bro. silent. He may rip off five, six here and there. That's good numbers. That's decent. But he is not going. He is not scaring the defense to run for an eighty yarder. He's not doing that. Like, bro, stop he it. Had, he, he is like fifty years old. Ninety three yards, man. Like, man, he averaged six it. yards per carry. Hey, Three bro. receptions, twenty one yards. Dog. Stop it, man. Stop it. Stop I, I can't it. say he was, bro. I can't say he's not bro. AP of old, but. I mean, he's bro, still a he's thick fresh out the washing machine, bro. He is washed. Uh, bro, how can you say 93 yards on 14 carries? That's not a volume. Bro, I mean, bro, I got you. That's like you looking at the box scores like we talk about with the Breeze. Talk. No, man. But bro, I AP, saw the game. Looking, I'm I saw, saw the game, game too. I saw the game too. And watching him, and I, I can't remember who they play. Uh, they played the they Bears. Played the Bears. Huh? Yeah, the Bears. Okay, they played a Bears team. Okay. The defense, Bears is a good okay. defense. Yeah, I mean, okay, gotcha. And you say, but no, back to your point about Swift. I think this was all aimed at Swift and not AP. I think we got side. No, it's not necessarily aimed at. It it shouldn't be. But DeAndre Swift dropped the whole game winning touchdown. Right, he did. He did. I think that's where the point was initially going. Right. So that is the point. I'll get back to the point. Was you spent this 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 much draft capital on these these running backs and Carryon Johnson, who never really got a full opportunity to be the man, and DeAndre Swift, who yes he got opportunity during the game, he ended up scoring that game as well. He dropped the touchdown because he could have had two touchdowns, but then you sign a running back a week or two before the season start and give him the majority of the carries. That part I just don't get. You know what I'm saying? I don't get that, and that was disappointing. On the lines, you speak from a fantasy owner aspect. You got some some shares in DeAndre Swift. I don't. I really don't. (laughs) But I'm just from that aspect. It makes me mad. And so let's talk about another one. Since that y'all y'all kind of ate. Let Ramon go. We go in order. Let Ramon go. You on fire right now, though? (laughs) Right. He he really on fire. I'll say this though. I'll take 14 carries for 93 yards any day. Yeah, I I will too. I will too. (laughs) AP might be in my starting lineup fantasy wise (laughs) next week. I have to see. I have a stash on the bench. Man. But <laughs> I feel that I feel that don't don't worry about it. I'm gonna be straight. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna be good on my end. But uh I would say, man, my uh underperforming, I'm going team wide, man. I gotta say the Cleveland Browns, man. They stunk up the joint, man. Now, this is the Cleveland Browns that of course, you know, leading into last year, we had all the hype. We got Odell over there. We, we we pairing Jarvis and Odell again. They got all this talent and Joku coming in. And you know what Baker Mayfield gonna do. And so we thinking all this, okay, they underperform, but maybe this is a head coaching thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe they need to switch and we see them under a new regime. And then we come and see them in week one and they get a grand total of six points. They absolutely <laughs> got destroyed. Now, don't get me wrong. We know that the Ravens are a good team. But mm-hmm. to get destroyed like that with the talent that you were supposed to have on that team, and I think at this point, man, we looked at Baker's rookie season and we thought Baker was going to build on that rookie year and we thought that maybe Baker would find his way to being an elite guy or at least a, a, a good quarterback, a good starting quarterback in the league. But at this point, man, I'm starting to lose confidence in that ever material. I'm so happy you brought that up. And it's not yeah. to, we got loss on, um, losses on the, uh, what they call it in baseball? When y'all, when you wait in the back. 
on deck. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Carlos on deck right now. And I'm, I'm not trying to – I just want to jump in on that because it was going to be a topic, so he might as well attack it now. Baker yeah. Mayfield, if he does not – I give him to week four. If he does not show better performance on, on his end, it's time for them to move on. They might have to drop – I don't know if they have to cut him, trade him, whatever. He ain't it, man. He started feeling this stuff after that rookie season, I feel like, and he's not showing any progress. What can you say? You got Jarvis Landry on your team. You got Odell Beckham. You got David Najoku. We hope that he's okay. Uh, I think he's out for the year. Hopefully he's not out for the year. I think he's out for three weeks from now. You got Nick Chubb. What is – you got Austin Hooper. Like, Austin Hooper, yeah. What, what, what excuse do you not have to only put up six points on the board? Man, you had a QBR of 33%. I think I could have threw for a better QBR. I think Drew Brees could have threw. <laughs> 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 no, but I'm just saying, I mean, Drew, I mean, we, we, we have to really evaluate, like, who he is, bro. And I think that the Browns, it just shows their demise, bro. They put so much money into this offense. And I don't know. I mean, one would say, okay, He's he's been through two or three coaches throughout his three year career. Like I don't care. Like show me something. I mean I can't do nothing with you throwing the ball thirty nine times, only completing twenty one passes, and you throwing for one eighty nine. How you throw thirty one thirty nine passes, only got one hundred eighty nine yards? Right. I mean, I, again, like you say, to give the credit to the Ravens, they are a great defense. But come on, man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you got Odell. Yeah. I've seen Odell in person. Odell is literally open almost every play. Like, right. literally. You know? Yeah. And that brings up another point, too. And then we're going to let Carlos go. How y'all feel about Odell crying and crying to get out of New York? Yeah. <laughs> and land in a worse situation than he did when he was in New York. Like, say what you want by Eli. Uh, it's quarterbacks, and I've said this on pause in the past. It's, it's quarterbacks like Eli, Eli with Odell. Drew Brees with Jimmy Graham, Ben Roethlisberger with Antonio Brown. You, these great quarterbacks, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, know who they go to is, and they gonna force feed them. My my favorite receiver in the game, Michael Thomas, had 150 receptions last year, NFL record. You know, you don't get that way with your great quarterback not knowing who he is. But now you go to all, um, Devin. We we criticize Baker Mayfield. I mean, uh, Eli, me included. Everybody did. And yet, Eli used to make Odell eat. How y'all feel about that, man? How y'all feel no, about that? So, I, there's two sides of that. You know, I think he caught Eli in part of his prime going out of his prime. And so he had a good Eli at one point. Towards the end there, Eli couldn't get the ball to him down the field and he was missing him. So it's kind of two parts of that. You know what I'm saying? And then what he thought he was getting an upgrade in Baker Mayfield, but Baker Mayfield misses him when he's open. Eli, we can give Eli, he tried to get it to him. He just didn't have the arm strength or the arm to get it there. So, you know, I kind of feel, you know, one, I kind of feel for Odell because it wasn't Odell's decision, decision to go to the Browns. They shipped him to the Browns. And he was, said that publicly was, before. But he, he, he asked for a trade, though. He did. Right. He said that before. They sent me to the Browns to die. And he's, you know. He's not doing well there. So I mean, they, he's, I, he's not doing Baker well. Mayfield, I mean, make, make, at the time, Baker Mayfield was coming off of – wasn't he coming off that rookie year? Where he yeah, was, yeah. He had a good, you know decent I mean? rookie year. 
Now nah, he had he, he had, the had most pretty, touchdowns with rookie. Yeah, he had one of the the best rookie years that a quarterback has had. Like he had one of the Since best quarterback years. And the thing is, like we say, man, hindsight is twenty twenty. Because honestly, when the Browns assembled that, yeah, they I had even it. this big press Rose conference. Had him in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't let you live this guy. He said, "Bro, I'll right bring up man. I'll dig wrong. We about to have to drop him off oh, freezing cold yeah. takes on Twitter, huh? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like Charles Barkley. I guarantee." <laughs> This is good. This is a good conversation, but Wait, I, whoa, wanna, whoa. I wanna compact this. Go ahead, go ahead. But I wanna compact. Yeah, no, we talking about disappointments and you know, um I'll go back to what I was gonna say earlier was you know, I was talking about backfields. Another backfield I'll mention. The Washington football team. Let me not get that wrong. <laughs> the Washington football team backfield. So let's talk about this, right? You got a gifted player in Antonio Gibson, right? Who has been hyped up as playing both the receiver position and the running back position as an athletic freak, you know? And he was being hyped up by all these experts and things. When they released AP, he's going to be the guy, right? Then they roll out Peyton Barber and J.D. JD McKissick got more more snaps than him, was on the field longer than him. J.D. McKissick had 31 snaps. Peyton Barr had 29 snaps. Antonio Gibson had 18. You want, you want me to tell you guys what Peyton Barber did with his carries? He had let – me, let me pull it up so I, I don't want to lie on him. He had 17 carries for 29 yards. That is an average of 1.7 yards per carry. 17 Antonio carries. Antonio Gibson had nine carries for 36 yards. Hit with a long of 20 yards. So Antonio Gibson just needs the opportunity. How in the world are we still giving Peyton Barber carries? You know what I'm saying? The two touchdowns saved him, so I yeah. give him that. But 17 carries for 29 yards. Come on, man. They say they got the dub, man. They we, say they got on, the dub, man. Hey, man. We're not letting this underperforming week one segment go away without talking about the GOAT. <laughs> Tom Brady, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come, come to the front of the congregation. <laughs> yeah. Tom Brady, watching Tom Brady and Drew Brees play yesterday, the most anticipated matchup in in years that we ever wanted to see was two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Man, it looked like we was watching the nursing, the battle of the nursing home quarterbacks, man. Right. Wow. Tom Brady looked super washed. He looked super trash. He looked you know, and people say, well, you got you know, they didn't have a preseason. He's with a new team. They're making excuses, man. Like, what do you Two of his interceptions were the dumbest interceptions I've yeah. ever seen. You know, like he, you know, he tried to blame that on Mike Evans about a miss a miscommunication. And the coach, <laughs> the coach of uh, Bruce Arians is a gangster. He don't care how many Super Bowls. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, Tom on that on that second interception. Yeah, uh, it was a miscommunication. Uh, Tom did the wrong read. I was like, dang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So, I mean, Tom looked very, very bad. And it wasn't in a way of miscommunication. I'm I'm on a new team bad. It was just, like, bad all around. Yeah. And, I mean, we, we've kind of been seeing this from Tom uh, for a little while. You can see him eroding, you know, last year, honestly. And I think they said he's the, the first quarterback uh, or he's a part of a class of Matt Schaub and Blaine Gabbert to have a pick six in three straight games. Uh, so he joined elite company being mentioned with Matt Schaub and Blaine and, and Blaine oh Gabbert to have three consecutive games with a pick six. So uh, definitely, definitely was an underperformer. And, 
And that game to me wasn't even really even as close as the score showed. That that was an ugly performance. If we had uh, some, if we had a, a, at least a, a decent elite arm on our team, that I, prim, I promise you that score would have been a little higher. Um, I do think that the uh, that the defense. I do think that the Saints defense is better than what people give them credit for. I think Cam Jordan should be a household name at this point in his career. But he's flown under the radar. I feel like he's gotten his credit in the past two years. Uh, he he got all pro this past year. But Cam Jordan has been a force all year. No one talked about him. Then you got Sheldon Rankins when Davenport gets healthy. And then you, our linebacker core is elite with Demario Davis, all pro. So, I mean, our defense and then Marcus Williams, you know, he he, he had a great showing uh, yesterday to me. And, and Marshawn, I always lock up Mike Evans. So, they was about to fight yesterday, but. I thought you told me this not a Saints podcast, bro. (laughs) I could have sworn you told me this not a Saints (laughs) podcast, but I'll let you cook, bro. I'll let you cook. All right, so we talked about the underperforming players. And and trust me, guys, don't add us. Yeah, that'll be fun. Add us. O underscore Benchworms on Twitter, Instagram. Give us y'all underperforming players of week one. Uh, We still got two games to go while we're recording right now. Uh, Keep that in mind. But from Sunday and Thursday, what we've seen, uh, you know, you, you throw in Keenan Allen was an underperforming. David Montgomery had a poor showing. Uh, but let, let's talk about some guys that 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 really kind of uh, had an excellent, you know, week one showing and that y'all are excited about. And I guess that'll lead into fantasy implications as well. But what are some guys that, that really stood off, that really jumped off the, the paper and passed y'all eye test this, this past Sunday? I'll start with um I'll start with Malcolm Brown with the Los Angeles Rams. Um he um he looked good. He looked like a veteran. He was running the ball, he was getting the touchdowns. You know, everyone was kind of wondering who's gonna take over that 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 position with Ty Gurley gone. But I think he did a good job with filling that and getting the scores and getting those solid yards. Do you think that's gonna continue? No, speaking, I don't. speaking of a real fantasy owner. <laughs> I, I I don't. I think he's he's going to always have a role, but I think at some point it's going to switch to because he ended up having 18 carries and Akers had 14. I think that's going to probably swap. We're not going to always get that majority of carries every game. Um, eventually, I think they're going to go with the more explosive back in Akers. If you were a Malcolm Brown owner for the fantasy players out there, would you trust him in your lineup going forward? I mean, maybe as a maybe as a flex. I mean, a low end flex, low end flex. flex, Yes, because he was in on passing downs, especially if you're in a PPR league. He was in on passing downs and getting catches and catching screens. He dropped one that could have went that could have went for a touchdown. Really, Uh, so. And I, I think too with Malcolm Brown, not to spend too much time. God, we we just we just killing this man. Like it's just so much to say, but we're trying to compact it. But with Malcolm Brown. I think what I noticed as a fantasy owner, what I pay attention to is how many goal line attempts he had. And Malcolm Brown dominated goal line attempts. So uh, that means that that's a, a guy that could potentially get you some touchdowns. And that's really the name of the game. How many touchdowns can I get in my lineup? Um, and I think that, you know, I think for the immediate future, Lowe's, I disagree with you. I think Cam Akers will take over the bulk of the carries going forward, uh, probably about week five or six. But I think if you have a banged up uh, running back like Miles Sanders and you're able to get a Malcolm Brown, you know, I think he'll be a service for the next two to three weeks, especially after the game he had last week. I mean, this week. So 
of course the Rams gonna give him another opportunity. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I, yeah. what was your overperformance? I think going forward, I don't know if I want to classify this guy really as an overperformer, but I couldn't go this whole podcast without mentioning my guy from LSU and Clyde Edwards Elair and the performance mm. that he put on Thursday night. Uh, we always kind of expected that he was landing in the, in the perfect situation for the style of player that he is and have all felt that he's going to have a great rookie season. But my boy put on a show, man. He put on a show week one, 25 carries for 138 yards and a touchdown. And the thing about it is the thing that we really expected was him to be involved in a passing game, and that didn't even really get unlocked yet. So you already know what the potential is going forward. So I was just going to go ahead and hit that one quickly. I wouldn't necessarily say he was an overperformer just because we kind of expected that he would excel in that offense. But I'm not going the whole pie without mentioning Clyde edwards Elair. Oh, no, you, you got to mention Clyde. I was very impressed by him. But I, I said it's not a surprise to us. We knew uh, here in Baton Rouge uh, – well, I'm not in Baton Rouge anymore, but you know what I mean. We <laughs> knew what type of player that he would be. And he showed it. Uh, the thing that might have, may maybe concerned me about him, Ramon, I don't know if he felt this way, but I, he was he was unsuccessful around the goal line. Um, I don't think that that's gonna hold him back because I think that the majority of his work and his fantasy points that he put up was without a touchdown. So I mean, he's gonna get the carries. He's gonna get the you know, just like you said, he's gonna be involved in the passing game. But I'll be interested to see if the Chiefs will continue to go his his way on the goal line because he was very un, he was unsuccessful around the goal line. And yeah, no, yeah. I, I I agree. That was a good call out. That was a good call out because his his touchdown did come on a little bit of a longer run and a longer play. Uh, but I still think ultimately, man, he, yeah, yeah, he's going to eat throughout. Oh, the hands down, game. hands down. I think that people who choose to vote to draft him first overall uh, are looking like geniuses, and, and you know, rightfully so. Uh, like I said last podcast, I think he's he's more than worthy of that. Um, let's go to I'm, I'm gonna go with an older guy, man. Uh, I'm gonna go with a veteran that um, everybody everybody uh, kind of wrote off uh, this year, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he had a a, a great, an excellent game against a, a division rival. Uh, uh, he 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 had a uh, what 364 yards passing. Uh, a QBR of 127, and he threw for four touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a great game. He's my NFL MVP this year. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> I said it. I'm, it may be a high take, but I, I think that certain players are built a certain way. You got your Jimmy Butlers of the world. You got your Kobe's. You got your, Le, your LeBron's. You, nah, I ain't, yeah, I put LeBron up there. You got your LeBron's. And it, you just got certain guys that's up here and they mental. When you count them out, they, you give them the few that they need to succeed. And he heard all the criticisms that he had last year. Man, they vote their first draft pick in this, in this recent draft. They choose to draft Jordan Love instead of drafting him a weapon. And he had great receivers on the board that they could have took. But they no, they didn't say, I'm not going to get this guy more weapons. I'm going to draft his backup. I'm going to do him what we did break for. And you know what Aaron Rodgers said? I'm going to kill it this year. I'm going to win NFL MVP, and then I'm, I'm going to smash out and go to a team that has weapons, and I'm going to go compete for a Super Bowl. So, yes, Aaron Rodgers is my overperformer and my NFL MVP. I like uh, it, yeah. bro. After week one, man. <laughs> 
but I, I'm still gonna roll. With, I'm still gonna roll with Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, I, I like it though. I like it though. Hey yeah. man, it's not a it's not a hot take if it don't sizzle, man. But yeah, uh, I think another honorable mention is is uh, is uh, I think we're showing a hometown bias, but it doesn't matter because I think uh, the majority of the country can can agree with me. I think that Joe Burrow had a great debut. Um, he had a long 23-yard run touchdown, which was very impressive. I didn't know if his athleticism would translate to this NFL level, but obviously it does. And he put them in a position at the end of the game, which Andy Dalton wouldn't do, put them in a position to win. And the only thing that stopped them is because the kicker missed the field goal. So I think that the Cincinnati got them a good one, man. If they could find a way to get Joe Mixon, more creative ways to get Joe Mixon, uh, in space, and I, I think Joe Mixon, I don't think he's 100%. Um, but I think that once he is 100%, and once they find creative ways to get him active in that offense, uh, and once A.J. Green gets a little bit um, better in shape, I, I think that, man, Cincinnati, uh, you know, they got them one, man. They got them a QB of the future. Can y'all agree with that? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I like how he took a man and he led that the team down the field to put him in position to – Win the game and send it to overtime. You know, it's just sad that the kicker couldn't make the kick do that. And I hate that underperforming uh, segment went away because I had uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and how many games it's going to take before Tua takes over. Ryan Fitzpatrick is another uh, veteran quarterback that's been in the league for years that looked terrible uh, week one. Uh, I think that uh, Devontae went out uh, to give him some credit uh, uh, throughout the game. But, I mean, I think still Fitzpatrick, the decisions he was making, you know, if you would have had an athletic quarterback that could get out the pocket, I think that they could have, you know, done some done, – they was in the game. The majority of the, of the game, they was in the game. It was within reach. It never felt that way. But when you looked at the score, it did. Um, and then we didn't mention Cam, but it's, it's too much to talk about. Yeah. Let's get to the NBA. Um, the NBA, man, we got uh, a game seven. Um, y'all need to tell me. I, I don't know. I'm not in tune with the blogs. I, I don't. I don't really read it. But is are there any reports about Jamal Murray getting his heart broke in Utah? Because this man, <laughs> this man destroys Utah every time he plays them with a vendetta. And then he hasn't really been who he was in that series. And then you, you translate to the Clippers series. He's been good. Don't get me wrong. But he had been in Super Saiyan mode like the Jazz. But ultimately, they were down 3-1. And now we find ourselves in a game seven with the Clippers that could go either way. I think the Clippers is going to take care of business ultimately. But, I mean, what is there to say about Jamal Murray, like, I mean, what does he have against Utah and the Jazz, the way he could perform like that? And then that's the only team he does that against. And, you know. I, mean, I, I, I think, honestly, with that, man, I think that there's a difference in perimeter uh, defenders that are available, man. I don't really look at Utah and really look at their wing defenders and really see many guys that have a chance to go out there and stop Jamal Murray. Uh, but when I look at the Clippers and I look at their wings, man, they got so many more bodies, whether it's a Patrick Beverly, whether you having a chance for a Paul George to get some minutes at him, whether occasionally you have Kawhi Leonard that gets a chance to defend them. Uh, I think they just have more guys um, that are more equipped to be able to make things difficult for him. 
And so I think that's why ultimately you see the difference uh, in between the way he's playing. Um, and I think he kind of, he and Donovan Mitchell in that Utah series kind of got into that tip for tip tap battle that caused him to kind of raise his level of play. You know, you going back and forth with that type of guy, it becomes, you know, somewhat of a robbery. So I think that caused him to go to another level. But when you see a tougher perimeter defenders, his numbers were kind of inevitable to, to go down from there. I'm going with, with that Jamal got his heart broke by a girl from Utah and from Salt Lake City and that he chooses to destroy her hometown and her her favorite basketball team whenever they play. <laughs> we'll rock with you. Yeah, why, why y'all getting quiet, man? It's either he got his heart broken in Utah or he just hates that city or something. It got to be something, man. He ain't yeah. turning up just All for right. no reason. That wing defenders being different, you know, the, the game being tougher facing a better defensive team. Either or, you know, all of them kind of run Now, together. who they played in? Okay, okay, okay. I get what you're saying. <laughs> but still, even during the regular season, he don't do that. That boy, that boy Jamal be okay in the season. Like, he, he was on another level. He was on another level, bro. I feel like Donovan went to another level too, though, man. I think it was just kind of a robbery, like but back Donovan, before you raise your level of play. But Donovan, had, that's his ceiling. I mean, I, I guess Jamal, that's his ceiling too. But consistently, Donovan gonna hit forty every now and then. You know what I mean? Like Jamal right. ain't gonna hit in the regular season. At least ain't gonna touch maybe even thirty. Right. But that's whatever. We we. But kinda, do you have them winning? Do you have them winning? Oh yeah, predictions. Um, I, I do have the Clippers winning game seven. I don't. I don't see any any reason why they wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I I got the Clippers winning as well. I hope mm-hmm. they don't, but I got them winning. I yeah. want them to win, bro. I, I want them to. As a Lakers fan, I really want them to because I don't. I want it. I want it. I don't want it. I, I want it. E- I don't want it easy, man. Like I, I mean, that would be a tough matchup. Right. But, I want a, a championship, bro. I'm I'm not all that. Uh, let's make it as difficult as possible and, and grind <laughs> it out and face all the. At the end of the day, I want the Lakers to win the championship. So whatever road that needs to be taken for them to win, ultimately that's good. I ain't gonna look back and say, hey. you know what? We beat the Clippers to get it done. Like I don't right. care. <laughs> Nobody cared that Toronto beat up a banged up Warriors last I do. year. I but do. they they won a championship. They champions though. They have a uh, ring. Who cares? Yeah, KD you, has one too. You don't and you don't count his. You, you I mean, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to. But it's just some BS though. Like, so let me know. let me ask you this. Let me hey, ask bro, you this. No, j- just just really quickly. Let me ask you this. When you go back and you look at the championships that let's just even say Lakers, since we Lakers fans or whatever, not making the Lakers pie. But do you go back and look at those runs? and say, you know what, we faced this team in the Western Conference Finals, and, man, that just gave that championship so much more value. Does that matter to you now who we faced in the Western Conference Finals in 2010? I mean, and we no, beat the Suns? No, but I think – I mean, when you put it like that, when you put it like that, I agree with you. But, like, players, like, dipping out on teams to go join the championship like LeBron did, oh, I'm going to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I'm going to go to Miami and team up with D-Wade, who's top five at the time. Bosch was was top top five in his position at the time, and when you create a super team, you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like that is kind of BS. But I think even less than that because they did have difficulty. They didn't win. They did. They went to the finals that first year, but they did lose to Dallas and Dirk, who was just out of his 
doggone line, which was probably one of the greatest championship runs I ever witnessed in my life, in history. I think that you, I could probably back that up. But when you look at KD, you were with the Thunder. You took them to, what, game seven? Yeah. And you – I lost. Okay, I'm going to join y'all. Like, what? What is that? And, but, and the fact that he, you know, he's on he's on JJ Reddick's podcast trying to justify that, like, I, I mean, okay, you went over there, you got your championship, cool, but like, like, bro, like, how can you even justify that? Like, how can you? Bro, at the end that. of the day, I mean, that's a whole nother discussion. At the end yeah, of the day, is. man, great great teams. I mean, you see all the teams that have won and, all the years, man. They feel with Hall of Famers, man. You look at those Celtics teams of the 80s. You look at those Lakers teams of the 80s, man. All those teams were stacked. I know it's different circumstances. They were drafted, though. But at the – yeah, at drafted, traded. So, I, I mean, I feel it. So, what we're going to say is basically, like, players don't take this into your hands. We'll just let these teams and these owners take it into their hands and you get the respect that way, but you can't take it and and manufacture a situation to put yourself in the best position to succeed? I didn't like, grow up in that era. My favorite player, Kobe, he played with the same team for 20 years. So I mean, I, I, I feel you, you on – I feel you, know, you on – But I feel what you're saying. Like, I, you, you're talking from a, a, a practicality. At the end of the day, we're not going to look at championships like how you got them. It's just, okay – Three-time champion LeBron James, two-time champion, two-time Finals MVP KD. I get it. I get it. I just think it's kind of weak. And I, I know that I'm probably like the old man yelling at people on my lawn right now because the majority – I think my opinion is dwindling as far as people that feel the way I do because it's more like a get it how you live type of thing. And I do feel how you're saying. I do feel what you're saying. I don't take anything – you know, KD is a champion. He was the best player on those two teams. Whatever. But I said all that to say, man, let the Clippers go down. Let us get the Nuggets <laughs> straight up. I don't right. I, I don't care about this. Oh, it got to be this battle of L.A. Yeah, yeah, and I let's make it. it tough and let's have – nah, forget all that. But, I mean, Whatever I think at, is the best so matchup for my team. Fan, you wouldn't want to see the Lakers and the Clippers duke it out? As I mean, a if, I, if I step outside of the Lakers parameter, yeah, of course. If well, I step I'm outside out of the Lakers that. parameter right now. I just want to see – I want to see that. I, I want to see that, bro. Like, you got the Lakers and the Clippers, then you got NFL football. You got – I just want to see. Because I think – I'm confident. I think we'll beat them. Right. Right. I'm confident, too. But it's all fun and games until they go seven games and break our heart. Then we'll be <laughs> right. like, man. <laughs> right. I'm a basketball fan. That was great. But my team is at home. <laughs> <laughs> right. I agree with that 100%. But at the end of the day, I think we still all got the Clippers – winning that uh, series against the Nuggets, winning that game seven. And I think ultimately you'll get your wish, Rob. It'll be the battle of L.A. Oh, yeah, we'll yeah. We all want to see that. We all want to see that. So, uh, yeah, so we got into that. So now we just real quickly. So we all got the Clippers going, advancing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to get into the Eastern Conference Finals game one with the Heat and the none other than the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics. Oh, man. These might be the best conference finals ever. That's going to be a good game. That's yeah. going to be a good matchup. You got two gritty teams that like to play defense, um, tough teams. They play as a team. They're not selfish. They're, both teams are well coached. I, I mean, it, battle of the great minds of Brad Stevens and Eric Spolstra. Man, who you got, man? Who you got? 
I got I got the I got the Celtics winning it. But okay, y'all go y'all gonna keep y'all gonna keep sleeping on them right, heat, man. Right, right. I'll say this. It's gonna be a lot of chippiness. It's gonna be a lot of fights. Ooh, Not yeah. fights, but it's gonna be some rough play where people gotta get in between some people. It's gonna be a fight. Somebody getting ejected. Marcus right. Smart or oh, Jimmy oh, getting oh, ejected. Jimmy oh, Bullard yeah. and Marcus Smart on the court together. Yeah, they like, come ejected. on. They come on, somebody, somebody getting ejected. Something gonna shake, but I, I'm, I'm with Los, man. I got Boston as well. I think it's gonna be a heck of a series. I think it's gonna be a heck of a game one. I think it is honestly. I think this series, you'll even see it go to the distance um, of seven games, just like we saw this uh, Boston and Toronto battle. But ultimately, I, I got a slight, very, very, very slight edge to the Celtics. Well, I gotta do it again, guys. I, I guessed Miami Heat in six. Against the books, y'all thought y'all thought I was crazy. So I'm I'm gonna go I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Heat. I'm gonna go again. I'm gonna say Heat in six. I don't think this is going seven. Um, I I just feel like it, it, the Miami Heat they're just built so well because they have so many players on their team they can just go off at any moment. You got uh, Duncan that can go off for twenty. You got a twenty or twenty five or thirty. You got Hero who can go off for twenty. Then, of course, you got Jimmy. Like I said, he's the Swiss Army knife. He can do anything you need him to do. He can go get you 30. He, he can be. He can facilitate. He can defend. You know, so I'm, I'm just going to – then you got Bam. So I'm, I'm going to go Heat and Six, man. Uh, I think that ultimately I think we're going to have a Heat-Lakers uh, final, you know. I think we're going to have a Heat-Lakers final, man. And um, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to enjoy this, bro. I'm really going to enjoy this. I think we're gonna have the typical the the nostalgic matchup Lakers Celtics man. Okay. Lakers oh Celtics. yeah, that would be nice. My dad would appreciate. He would appreciate that one. Yeah, that old Lakers Celtics Robert. Yeah, man. So I think we did it again, man. We're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna wrap it up. Uh, we appreciate you if you lasted this long to hear this great content that we have here, and we appreciate you for holding it down for us as always. So we're going to go ahead and get on out of here and catch the rest of this Monday night football game. And we wish y'all peace. But whenever this comes out, and until next time, we out of here. Later. Later.